uh, or, or the first two weeks we were here, I kind of shifted gears. I had a series all ready to go that we were going to jump into called Tables. And uh, we may still get to that. I don't know when. It might be an online thing. We'll see. Um, but uh, I've really felt the Lord say, shelf that uh, in our first week here. And we just kind of went after the Holy Spirit and what he was doing. And uh, I spent two weeks really going after, let us be reminded. You know, and uh, we needed to be reminded about who we are and how we've come together as a house. And we need to be reminded that we're alive unto God. You got, two weeks ago, we kind of talked about being alive unto God. Right, Michael? And uh, Michael, he, he made a little audio mashup. You know, I was, I was talking to Michael, talking to him here in the service. You're alive unto God in this whole thing. And he made a mashup under, with Rocky Balboa in the background, you know. And, uh, you know, the eye of the tiger, you know. And so it's his, it's his morning wake-up juice, sounds like. And uh, he's going for it. So, um, but yeah, you, we need to be reminded. You know, if there's ever a time where we need to be reminded, it's right now. Uh, about who we are, what we stand for, and what's possible in the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, and so uh, this is really, uh, you know, passionate on my heart for us to kind of stay in this lane a little bit. Um, I was really blessed by Scott bringing his message. Like, how many guys didn't appreciate Scott Fox last week? So good. Is he in the room, Janelle? Okay, hopefully he can hear me. We love you, Scott. He's on baby duty at the moment. And uh, so thankful for him and, and, and Janelle both. You guys are amazing. And uh, their contribution to our family is so valuable. So uh, there's, uh, but this week I want to step into um, kind of a, um, a, a, a next step from that point because I believe that there is a new era that has, that has begun. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a new era. It's a new era. And... And this is not new information for some of you, you know, if you're kind of connected to the kind of national prophetic flow out of America, you know, our nation has definitely been prophesying this uh, for most of the year, and I bear witness with that. Uh, I really felt, um, actually, in, in 2018, the Lord told me um, that what was about, what we were getting ready for was not just, you know, maybe a new year, um, but that there was a decade that was coming to us and that we were going to revisit the Roaring Twenties. And I did a whole series called Revisitation um, in 2018 and talked about all the things that we were going to revisit. And one of the things the Lord told me that I spoke then at the beginning of this year was that we were going to revisit a whole decade. And the, the momentum and the acceleration that we saw in the roaring 20s of the 20th century, we were going to see, again, that same type of acceleration and momentum, but it was going to play out a little differently. And, uh, and so there's, uh, there, there, there is an acceleration that's here. And I believe that what we're doing, it's important for us to, to be very um, intentional about the idea that what is happening now is connected to something else. And it's important for us to realize that we're not in isolated experiences, that there is a connectivity in the body of Christ right now that seems a little bit uncommon. It seems like there's some, there's, there's, there's just like, you know, you ever get that Diet Coke and, and you drink that Diet Coke and you're like, this is a little different. Oh, with a twist of lime. And it's just kind of there, like, and you know it's there. It doesn't dominate what's going on, but you just know it's there. I feel like well, there's a little bit of a twist of lime in this season right now where we need to be paying attention to how what I'm doing today connects and relates with what I'm doing tomorrow as well as how it connects and relates to the people that are around me. 
There's something very significant about partnership right now. Something very significant about partnership. One of the things the Lord told me was that um, that uh, basically in 2017 and 2018, the Lord was speaking to me a lot about uh, making commitments and cementing in. And this idea was that, you know, whatever you commit to in this season is what is able to be multiplied in the season of acceleration. And that there needed to be commitments made and that there was going to be opportunity to do it with other people. And so, um, you know, for some of you, you know, are very, you know, um, connected and aware of a platform I launched called Kingdom Reformers. And I launched this platform in partnership with three other families. And so we're from, uh, two families are in California. One's in SoCal, one's in NorCal, and uh, NoCal, and then, um, and nor, no, you know, I don't know. I mean, California's a dumpster fire at the moment, so literally and figuratively. So we need to pray for California. Uh, so it is, and then there's a family from Texas, and so the four of us have come together, and it's been a powerful means of impact. We had, you know, at our event last month, we had um, 150 people representing 28 different states in America show up live to a conference in Texas during the times that we're in, that much travel to be happening, that showed a level of devotion towards what God is doing there that was pretty uncommon. Amen? That's uncommon. And we are, we're mobilizing that Kingdom Reformers platform. We feel like that's a movement that God's inviting us into to mobilize reformers, to equip and resource reformers so that we can go and address the systems of our day. Now, it's interesting because Kingdom Reformers was birthed in, and as far as my willingness to be a part of a platform like this, was birthed in 2018, actually into 2017. The Lord's beginning to speak to me about discipling nations. In January of 18, I did my first Discipling Nations course. I took a small group of you guys to Haiti with me. We then did it again, of course, and it's been super fun. But this Discipling Nations was all about Reformation. And so I ended up writing a, a course out of that called Impact. And, uh, and so I've been very passionate about Reformation. You know, and so two and a half years ago, people were like, Refer what, Drew? Re Reformation? Okay, yeah. Is, uh, does that got something to do with the Catholic Church? Um, it didn't happen in Europe. I, th I think like four or 500 years ago. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and so, um, but here we are now, and the whole world believes that Reformation is here. We were right, church. We were right. We were hearing. We were in tune. You know, revival is for me, and reformation is for the systems around me. And it's important for us to realize that the systems, the structures, how they are governed need to change. And in that change, is, it's powered by an individual, a mind, an intellect that is, you know, wanting to produce an outcome. And so we need revived hearts working in reformation so that we can see these systems look more like Jesus. Can I get a big amen? And so systems don't need revival. They're not alive. People are. And so we need alive people working in the systems so that the systems can begin to perform with the kingdom of heaven in mind. And so we need reformation in the church, don't we? I, I, only three of you agree with that. Okay, excellent. Well, let me inform you then. 
The church needs to be reformed. It needs a reformation. Come on. The, come on, we've been a little distracted. Come on, I'm talking about the big C church here. You know, the evangelical movement has been largely distracted with how big is my building? How big are my programs? How many volunteers we have serving at our church? How, you know, whether or not people wore our T-shirt out in the community? You know, all the things, right? You know? And so the church needs to be reformed. And one of the reforms need, needs to be that we're only going to follow the way of the presence. Not the way of the program. Not the way of the latest marketing strategy. Come on. We need to follow the way of, of the presence of God. But it, how many know that the system isn't built to do that right now, though? It's not. Which means it needs a reformation. You need people you know, who are passionate for these things, to lead in these things. You know, and honestly, I think that that's, you know, like, say, Bill Johnson, if you will. It's one of the things that he has instigated, whether overtly or consciously or subconsciously. I mean, his message has been God is good, but ultimately, what's that me meant? It's meant that it was, God was safe, which means I can be connected. And then if I can be connected, then maybe I can be led. Yeah? How many know it takes trust to follow, doesn't it? And so the message of God's goodness hasn't just been about me feeling good about God. It's allowed me to know that I can maintain and sustain contact with God. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, you don't need to talk about God. You get to be in contact with God. Come on. How, oh, that... I see it in Gail's eye. She's like, yes, amen. Amen, Drew. <laughs> There's a lot of churches have settled with talking about God and haven't realized that they're one with God. When you realize you're one with God, you, you then can step into the reality of what's possible when you're one with the one who knows all things who heals all things, who loves all things, who restores all things. I said, when you come in touch with Jesus, something has to change. You can't make contact with Jesus and walk away the same person. It's impossible. God is good made God approachable. We like little baby Jesus. You know, all of us will come up here and hold little John. Oh, Baby John is so good. I love him. You know, he's a little baby. We love little baby Jesus. But if your image of God is that he's, you know, bipolar, doesn't know if he can handle either an old covenant or a new covenant any day of the week, a little angry sometimes, don't know if he's in a good mood or a bad mood, you just let him alone and don't bother him. Anyone relate with that? Some of you might relate with that in your family story. Some of you might relate with that in how you were just taught God was. Realizing that God is good has meant that he's, he's approachable. And not only is, is he approachable, but he longs to be with us. Come on. I said, you don't got to just, you know, tolerate an, a, 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 a distant God through, through baby Jesus. They're all one, and we get to be one with the reality of who they are. So it's been reforming the church. 
Some of you are called to the church mountain. Some of you are called into business. And not just to make money. We're all called to make money. <laughs> it's one of the four powers that God's given us. Power unto salvation. Power unto signs, wonders, and miracles. Power unto wisdom. And power to create wealth. These are the four central powers that have been promised to us in the reality of Jesus that we have access to. And so, you know, if you're just feeling called to make money, that's called being alive. Bless you. That one was free. But some of you are actually called to reform the way business is done. Some of you are called to confront the, some of the, some of the, the gaps in, in corporate America. Some of you are called to, to dignify capitalism with the, with the authenticity of its roots and not just consumerism. How many know consumerism is, the, is capitalism leveraged for one person's benefit? Yeah. But capitalism doesn't have to be consumerism. Because capitalism has opened up the most generous outpouring in the world and, and, and history of all mankind. It has. And, and so how do we begin to understand how to demonstrate the kingdom of God in the midst of a free market? Well, that we start to dignify people with value by not just saying, hey, I got this little plastic thing that I made in another country and you should buy it. It's going to be amazing. To all of a sudden saying, hey, you're valuable and important. You have this problem, and I created a solution for your challenge, and I want to make this accessible and available to you. And while I do good, I'm also going to do well. This is what solutionary is all about. You know, I, I really feel called to actually confront that system, that part of economy and, and, and creating economic opportunity. You know, I launched, um, you know, last year I launched a... Um, a holding company called Solutionary Ventures. And Solutionary Ventures is holding three different efforts, and it's in funding, it's in personal and organizational growth, as well as entrepreneurial services. And so I've been doing, a, uh, you know, for the last year, I've been running out um, a lot of my betas and doing a lot of kind of work below ground, and it's starting to kind of rumble and come above ground. Um, because I really believe that we need, we need, businesses that dignify other people with value by understanding what problem your purpose solves. You know, it's like, what if your enterprise was actually your purpose that also makes money? Some people, you know, live in their purpose and other people make money and want their purpose to serve how they make money. There's a difference, isn't there? Come on. You want the way you make money to serve your purpose, not your purpose to serve the way you make money. So what would you do if you were living in your purpose? Some powerful stuff is available in these moments when we become aware of this. And so I feel called to meet that need, and I'm creating an economic and entrepreneurial ecosystem so that I can do that. I'm working on, you know, some great projects right now in education and in medical technology. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. Helping churches right now, helping specific types of people groups get access to funding and do different things. And I tell you what, we, I'm, I'm creating economic opportunity have a platform right now of 28,000 African-American entrepreneurs right now that we're onboarding into a growth program. It's amazing stuff. 
you know, and it's going to create opportunity for more training that maybe they wouldn't normally have access to. And so it is, uh, and, and I'm just getting behind someone else's vision. I'm just pouring gas on someone else's fire, and they're going to get all the credit for it, and that's the way it should be. Can I get a big amen? And so, you know, there, there's something really beautiful about understanding that we are called to spheres. You know, Liz is called to the education world. And she's reforming the way we do education. She's not just doing her job as a principal and making sure her environment's safe. She's reforming the way that education can be possible. Because if we go down, the, you know, you all have a purpose and your problem was meant to solve a, pr- uh, your, your purpose was meant to solve a problem. Dr. Sonny's been a reformer in the medical space. This man has completely come up with his own form of, of health care and made it available to people who are in at-risk neighborhoods. Come on, somebody. I said it takes guts to take on the health care system. Come on, it's not popular. There's, there's a status quo here. Do this, do this, do this, and do this, and then you'll be all set. Just be grateful that you're a part of the system. And Dr. Sonny's like, no, that doesn't dignify people with value. And so here we are in this shift, in this new era, and whatever we've already said yes to is what God is about to multiply. And I think there's still a window here. It's getting more narrow, though, to make that decision about what we're going to put our hand to. What is going to be the value that God multiplies on my behalf? Yeah. If God is a multiplier of 10 and you're a value of one, what's the result going to be? 10. If God is a multiplier of 10 and you are a value of 10, what's the result going to be? 100. Well, what if you're a value of zero? Meaning, what if you haven't put your hand to the plow? What if you just buried it in the ground out of fear of losing it? Because you're in transition, and let's just face it, transition is hard. God can bring his multiplier, and yet we have to just say yes, right? That's all that we got to do. We just have to say yes. Keep our heart open, you know? Even when we don't know what to do, the Spirit knows what to do and can show us and just take that next step. And you've got a community of people here who believe in you, and it can encourage you. Just go on, just take your next step. Come on, it doesn't matter if it's a centimeter. Just let it be yes. Just let it be yes. Just let your yes be open to the Lord to lead you, to guide you, to love you, to build you, to equip you, to help you sustain this opportunity because God is about to release the accelerator. We are coming into a decade of acceleration like we've never seen before. And it's important for us, I believe, to be in this, in this position. And, and we're short on time, and, and I'm gonna, I haven't really gotten into my message, and I, I won't. So um, you're, wel- you're welcome. I really felt that ministry time was really important to get into because this is, what, this is why we're here. This is what we can't do. You guys can hear any message you want to online somewhere. Uh, we want to make sure we meet needs. We're in the room here with, with the body. But, um, you know, 1 Corinthians uh, 4.20, it says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And I really believe that there's, 
you know, we need to realize that the kingdom of God's inviting us into something. I'll do one more passage here, and then and I'll leave you with this thought. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 through 25. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. Excuse me, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know, there is... The cross is folly to the world right now. And the world has a wisdom their own wisdom that, that they cling to. And it's important for us to understand how to be connected with the heart of God, that as we're in these transitions, that we don't just cling to the wisdom of men, and we don't just cling to cultural narratives, and we don't just cling to, you know, whatever recent emotional response has happened, but that we truly are led by the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, And you know, what's exciting about God's wisdom is that God's wisdom will never disqualify people. Even the ones having an emotional response. That maybe aren't living in wisdom, but need wisdom. Can I get a big amen? And so if there's anybody who needs to stand up and and have solutions today, it is those that are a part of the kingdom of God. And yet... And yet, there is a difference between God's wisdom and our wisdom. And so we can't just take a seat in the chair of, well, I'm a kingdom citizen, which means now I have the wise solution, so everyone should listen to me. (laughs) Yeah? We need people who have done due diligence. We need people who have overcome assumption. We need people who have gone to the heart of the Father and heard from the Father solutions that are going to dignify the whole world with value. It's not easy, just so you know. This is not some easy solution that we have in our nation right now. And so we need people who are engaged um, at the deepest part of who God is and be willing to represent that while also making sure that it translates into truth. Because if what we perceive is right, but it doesn't translate into truth, it won't set people free. You know, after the, uh, the debates uh, last week, I mean, I, I, was, I was up to probably like 1, one thirty. Just kind of like feeling it, yeah? Anybody else feeling it after the debate last week? And you're just like, okay, Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Help all of us right now.
We need your help. Because there's a lot of man's wisdom, strategies, narratives that are leading the way. And it's important that we govern our lives through the word of God. And these times of transition and shift in the new era and things that are happening, acceleration that's coming, which, by the way, I do believe that acceleration's coming even after those debates. It is here. Because man doesn't get in the way of God, of what God's doing. And so we got to be wise to the times while also being connected to the Lord. And so I, I literally, you know, I got into Proverbs, and it was like the only way I could kind of shake off the dysphoria of those 90 minutes that I couldn't get back. And, and as I got into Proverbs, like the word just started renewing my mind and recalibrating me and setting me back right to who God is and what God thinks about things and, and how wisdom is able to override even the, the, the words and the, and the actions of the foolish. And and if there's ever a time we need that right now as a body of Christ, it's right now. And so my, my encouragement for you in this kind of prophetic little mashup message you're getting right now is just that you're made for this moment. And in the midst of the pressure, we can't bury our seed in the ground. It's not time to be disengaged. It's time to be engaged and letting the love of God be present at leading us in that engagement. It's what's needed right now like never before. And, and I know I've, I've, I've probably spent more time this year talking about political, like kind of talking around political ideas without trying to give you my political bias because I do have one. We all do. Um, but I really think that, you know, we, we need the wisdom of, of God on how to be a kingdom citizen that serves our national citizenship. Because they're not the same thing, are they? They're not. And you can't commingle them. And so you have a heavenly reality that then demands an earthly responsibility. And we need God's heart towards those things. And what's going to be interesting is even over the next coming weeks, you know, we're how many, you know, we're four weeks away from an election right now, maybe even to the day. And like we need the wisdom of the Lord right now. We need the wisdom of the Lord. And I think it's important, and I know I'm, I'm, out, of I'm out of time, but I want to say this. It's, it's not hard to discern that there's cracks in the dam right now and that if the election goes a certain way that it would be a tipping point to create chaos yeah you don't need to be a prophet to understand that or to discern that right so it means it's that obvious yeah it's that obvious to discern that things are fragile right now in the culture so what does that mean that means we need to pray we need to begin to shift that reality. We need to begin to mend the dam. Come on. Can I get a big amen? amen? Like, we need to begin to pray about that. We need to begin to take authority over that. N 
so that peace will reign in our nation. Come on, discernment isn't about understanding what is bad and being able to acknowledge it. Discernment is, I see something's possible or it's not of the Lord or it's, you know, X, Y, Z, and now I'm going to shift it because my atmosphere is bigger than the atmosphere I'm discerning. Come on, somebody. I said your atmosphere is bigger than the atmosphere you're discerning. And so if you're letting 90 minutes dictate your atmosphere, you've got a problem. And I don't care if you liked the 90 minutes or you hated the 90 minutes. If those 90 minutes are dictating your atmosphere, you're in trouble. Because we need the kingdom to dictate our atmosphere. And if that atmosphere isn't love, joy, and peace, come on, somebody, we've missed the boat. And so I think it's, I don't know that anyone walked away peaceful from those 90 minutes if you allow that to dictate your atmosphere. But how many know that we need to allow our atmosphere and the reality of Jesus moving through us shifted over the nation? It's not time to get concerned. It's time to be sober. But it's not time to be anxious. It's not time to be fearful. It's time for us to take our place as people of love and let love rule our atmosphere. Yeah? And so we got four weeks to really press in here. And I, wanna, I, I want us to search for wins. I want us to understand how we're bringing love into our neighborhood. Even though there's red signs and blue signs in their yards. Yeah? And so it's a challenge because the nation is in transition and you're in transition at the same time. So there's an increase of pressure that we can, can try to get on us in that moment. So I just want to encourage us to, to be people who are understanding that our source of information has to be the word of God about how we lead our lives. Because in destabilizing times, we have to go back to the basics. Come on. When Kobe Bryant was winning championships, I watched these great documentaries on his life, and obviously he passed this year, and tragically, and, and I go back, and literally 5.30 in the morning, on the day he won championships, on the day he hit the winning shot in the fourth quarter, 5.30 in the morning, he's doing dribbling exercises. And then he's getting to the foul line, and he's shooting the same shot that he's probably literally shot over a million times now in his career. And all of his practice, and here he is just doing that repetition, repetition that's setting him up for this defining moment that in front of the world he would be able to do and realize the potential of what he was made for. Church, you were made for greatness. You were made to shine. You were made to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. You were made to stand up and to, to shine the light of God's goodness in the darkest of hours, and the bottom of the ninth, at the end of the fourth quarter, when time's ticking out. But I tell you what, if you aren't right now in the word, if you aren't right now on your face, if you aren't right now doing the basics, you will not realize your potential. And so pressure can make you cave on your values. You find out what your values are with, you know, according to how quickly you sell them when you're under pressure. So it's a defining moment. And so let's make some commitments to the Lord. 
Let's make some commitments to the word of God. Let's make some commitments to being on our face. Let's make some commitments to the fundamentals, the things that got us here in the first place. Let's continue to let those things rule and govern our lives. Come on, somebody. So we can be sober-minded, wise, full of love and joy. You know, some of you just need to, you know, get away in your prayer closet and laugh for an hour. Get that laugher greased. You know, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, I talked to you about my hot tub Holy Ghost sessions I've been having lately. You know, listen, I got given a hot tub. It's been amazing. Come on, freeze a good price. And I'm out there, I'm doing these stretches things, and they got the hyper jets, and they're hitting the muscles in the back, all at the right same time, the same thing. And while I'm doing it, it's just shut up. And right there, my spirit is just being built up. My spirit is just being built up every time. I'm just led, I'm detoxing in those moments. You know, I don't think speaking in tongues is for God, it's for me. It's so that my spirit comes into alignment. It's so that the pressure isn't dictating my language, so that fear isn't dictating my language. I'm decompressing my inner man so that I'm free to move, free to run, free to communicate love. I'm allowing my concerns to be melt away and to the cobwebs in the corner to be swept away so that when I get in front of people, they don't get my fleshly, carnal, scared, old man regurgitation, but that my, my new man would be built up. Some of us need to speak in tongues a little more, but do it happily. You know, I always, you know, whenever I speak in tongues anymore, I'm no longer allowed to have a serious face. It's like, you know, because for, for so long it was, and we just groaned. I'm like, I don't know if that was effective. It was for sure strange. That was like, I, I have jokes, I'll leave them alone. Anyways, do it with a smile on your face. Come on. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Be built up in your spirit. Be led of the spirit. Come on, don't waver with what? Don't let the, the atmosphere of the world dictate your atmosphere. Your atmosphere is greater. Come on. It's our time. It's our shining moment. Let's rise to the occasion. Let's be who we say we are. Let's allow the spirit to lead us some powerful ways, and, um, and I think we're going to see God do something really mighty. Let's, let's get out of here. I'm, I'm late. Stand up with me, will you? Thank you, Lord. Put your hand on your heart. I want you to say this. Say, Papa God, I'm alive unto you. I'm not dead. I am alive. Just like your son, I'm alive. Seated at your right hand. I am ready. I am led of your spirit. I am not discouraged. 
Because there is no fear in love. Love leads me. Love corrects me. Love encourages me. Love has made a way where there seems to be no way. You have made a provision. Father, let your spirit lead us in this time. Lord, let us be unwavering in our conviction about your goodness. Lord, let us be the remnant of people <laughs> who decide to shift the atmosphere. And so we just make that decision right now. Father, over our own lives right now in Jesus' mighty name, we shift the atmosphere. Come on. If you're in transition, you need to shift the atmosphere. Come on, we shift the atmosphere right now. Father, over our businesses right now, we shift the atmosphere. We take it back. Father, over our marriages right now, we shift the atmosphere in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, over our nation right now, Father, we shift the atmosphere. We say that the atmosphere is going to be one of hope, one of goodness, one of joy, one of empowerment. Father, we thank you right now for your spirit that is here. Lord, there's such a fresh wind. It's just breathing into people. Come on, just drink that in right now. There's just strength. It's almost like a heavenly IV right now. It's going into your veins. <laughs> Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. We receive, we receive, we receive. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if you feel recalibrated, why don't you just give the Lord a praise? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' mighty name.